our job on Tisha B'Av, when saying the Kinnis, has three aspects to it. So one is that we are lamenting and we're, we're mourning the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, and essentially what we're really mourning is the loss of the Shechina. Number two is that we are humbling ourselves before Hashem and accepting His judgment and resolving to change as a result. And number three, and this, this may be the most important point, is that we're demonstrating that we haven't given up on the Beis HaMikdash and Mashiach, and we wait and we daven every day and every moment for it to be rebuilt. So let, let's try to understand each one of these aspects, and we'll see as we go along that every kinah has one, and often all three of these aspects demonstrated within it. And that's why it's kinnis, and it's not a hespid in, in, uh, in, in terminology. So when we say kinnis, we are lamenting, and there is an as it is, has, does have a, simil, a similarity to a hesped. And what's the point of a hesped when we do give one over someone that passed away? The idea is to recognize what we've lost, to treasure it, to appreciate it, to ensure that we won't forget it. And when we mourn someone that we lost, a loved parent, a relative, we're cherishing the memory of that person and recognizing the loss. And we utilize the period of mourning to try to solidify the image in our mind. What was that person, what they represented, what they stood for. So how do we do that for the Beis HaMikdash? Number one step for mourning is to know the person that passed away. And the Beis HaMikdash, we don't know. We've, we've, we've never been there, we've never seen it. Someone who never knew their father can't mourn for their father. They can be sad about the fact that they never knew them, but they can't mourn him. But the mourning of the Beis HaMikdash is not for the physical structure per se, because the physical structure essentially we could rebuild. There's nothing really stopping us, some political problems, but essentially there's nothing halakhically prevent, preventing us from rebuilding the physical Beis HaMikdash. The problem is we can build it all we want. It's not going to be inhabited by the Shekhinah. And if it's not inhabited by the Shekhinah, then it's just a structure. So what we're really mourning is that the Shekhinah is in Golis, and the Shekhinah is not returning to the Makkam of the HaMikdash, and, and we lack that open relationship with the Shekhinah that we had previously. So what we're really mourning is the relationship that we don't have with Hashem, and that's something that we could mourn, because that's something that we have. That's something that we recognize. With a little thought, we can think how we do relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we relate to Him when we daven, we relate to Him when we learn. We relate to Shekhinah when we celebrate a Yantiv or a Shabbos, when we come to Yom Kippur. After Yom Kippur, we're aglow with the, 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 connect, the close connection, the Kedusha and Tahara we experience from being so close to the, to the Shekhinah and, and the Tahara of the day. And this particular Tisha B'av, which comes right after Shabbos, and we said the unique kinna last night, Shabbos, the sweetness of Shabbos was obliterated by, by Amatzah Shabbos. It's meant, we're meant to reflect on that contrast, that we had Shabbos on one hand, where we had so much Kedusha and so much Tahara, and some, so it was so uplifting, and it, 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 it unseats Tisha B'av in its place, and then we go to a drastic contrast Immediately on Matzah Shabbos, we can't continue Shabbos into the week as we normally do. We can't have Shirim V'chedvas on Matzah Shabbos, Zmiris and Simcha on Matzah Shabbos. We go immediately to Tisha B'Av because it's that contrast that we're trying to focus on. It's that contrast that demonstrates what it is we lost. Shabbos is only a small iota of the Kedusha that we had when we had the Beis HaMikdash. And we can't hold on to it. When it comes to Matzah Shabbos, it dissipates. And that's the point that we're mourning. When we, when, when we think about the Beis HaMikdash. That's, that's what Harban is. With the Beis HaMikdash, with the Shekhinah there, 
Every day was a Shabbos, it was Yantiv, it was Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, as, as much of all the inspiration and the Kedusha and the, the, the Tahara and, and all the, the, the feeling of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we experience with each one of those Yom Taivim, if you would roll it all into one and times it by ten, it would still only be a tiny bit, a tiny fraction of what a person felt and experienced when they were in the, the Makam HaMikdash, when the Mekabes HaMikdash had the Shechina in it. And that's the relationship that we're, we're mourning because we understand how much more it could be. And in truth, we can look at our own personal carbon, meaning we know our own strengths and weaknesses and we know how much more Shekhinah and Kedusha there could be in our own lives, in our children's lives, in our, our community. And we don't always live up to what our potential is. And we wish we did. We know there are times that we do and there are times that we, we do feel where we should be feeling and we do are doing what we're supposed to be doing, and then there are times that we don't, and there are times that we sometimes stray very far from who we think we should be. And that's, that's mourning the Harbin Beisimik just, just the same. That's mourning the Harbin Havshchina, the, the distance that's between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Chassam Seifer in his drushes, he writes an amazing thing. He's, he's explaining Al-Naraz Bavel, and he, he, he writes, he's discussing which is easier for a person to to be more in the base of Mikdash. Is it easier when you're in pain and when you're suffering and when there's Tsarist and Klal Yisrael during World War II, World War I, the different programs, is that the time when it's so much easier to mourn the base of Mikdash? Or is it easier to mourn the base of Mikdash when things are going good, when we're comfortable, when we're, we're prosperous, when there's no Tsarist, when there's peace? And he says, contrary to what you might think, he says on the opposite, he says, Kol ish Hashem. Every person who cares, who, who fears Hashem, who yoshev levetach begayla, he's sitting comfortably in galos bevesa in his house. Ranan, he he's happy. Ubanav kishesila zaysim sabul shulchanay. His children are like like uh, they're around his table. They're uh, they're established. And all the his furniture that uh, make him feel so good are all around him. Haloi tidma einam eina fugo is that's when you'll cry without stop. Ba'imroi, because we'll say haloi toiv ha'eli kehayisi zeicha. It would be so much better for me if I would be able lahalei sabanim ha'elu to bring my children lekarbon pesach to bring a carbon pesach beir Hashem shama in Yerushalayim. Olaalos l'tziim berino, or if I could go with them in happiness l'smayach b'simchas hasheiva to be to be misameach and the simchas beis hasheiva. The era mishkan Hashem bana, and I would be, only be able to see. The Beis Hamikdash built Kamai Ramim, the way it's meant to be. Vaata al Adama Tamea Eishe, but now I have to live on this this uh, unholy land. Ubeis El Charev, and the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed with Terasa Vidasa Bezuya, and the Torah and his laws are humiliated. Eich Esmach Bachag, and how can I now be happy on a Yantiv? Eich Elis Bepurim, how could I be happy on Purim? So he says that when we're the way we are in here in America in peace, Baruch Hashem and prosperity, he says that that's when it's easy. That's when it's easy to mourn the base of Mikdash because we have everything that we have and we have our children around our table and then we should think to ourselves, is this, this is what we want? We would want so much more if we could take our children, our family, and be in the base of Mikdash and bring a carbon Pesach and be there and witness the Simchas Beis HaSheva and be a part of Ali Laregel. And he says, when things are bad, if things are ter- terrible and there's suffering, he says, then you can't think of the carbon Beis HaMikdash. You have your own suffering to worry about. 
you have, uh, he says, why should you suffer and cry about something that happened thousands of years ago? You have something to cry, cry about right now. And yet, he says, Kali Yisrael doesn't do that. And Kali Yisrael is B'zachreinu and even Al-Nara's bubble when they were being tortured, and Medrash goes on and on, how they were tortured on Nara's bubble, he says, still, the reason Sham Bechinu is B'zachreinu Estiyan. Ayir always cries for the Beis HaMikdash. And we have throughout the year so many reminders of what we had when we had the Beis HaMikdash. We say it in Davening so many times. In Yom Kippur Avedah we say, Ashrei Ayin Rasa Aleinu B'Simchas Kaleinu Praised is the eye that was able to see our, our, the Beis HaMikdash with Simchas Kaleinu and everybody was B'Simcha Halayla Mishma Izin Da'avan And when you hear about it, that causes us pain. Asher Ayin Rasa Simchas Beis HaSheiva An eye that was able to see what the Simchas Beis HaSheiva was Am She'eves Ruach HaKadosh Ruach Nadiva we had Ruach HaKadosh, we had Ruach Nadiva from just being there. And we say, We're missing so much. So we reflect on our relationship with Hashem in many of the kinnis. Many of the kinnis discuss different aspects of our relationship with Hashem, our history with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Midbar in Yerushalayim, in, in Yerushalayim in Mitzrayim. Every kinna that talks about the beauty and the grandeur of the Beis HaMikdash is driving home. Remember who we were, what we had, when we were able to be open and close to Hashem. We had prosperity, we had malchus, we had respect from the nations of the world. Other kinnas focus on the schus avis and the history Klai Yisrael has with Hashem, beginning from the Brisbane Abbasarim and all the miracles of Mitzrayim and Eretz Yisrael. And this also is there to remind us of the lofty status and great level that we had when we were close to Hashem in an open way. And many Kinnis mentioned the miracles we expected to happen. And you see this in the Bedrashim, that during the Kharban, Kali Yisrael, even though they hadn't seen miracles for hundreds of years, Hanukkah was the last miracle they ever saw. And yet, they expected that through such a Kharban, now is the moment when a tremendous miracle must happen. We say it in the first Kinnah, My eyes waited and longed for the prophecy of Zechariah, the Zechariah and Chagah Zechariah Malachi, who's prophesied about the Geula, and we expected the amazing miracles of Gilgal, where Yeshua, in his Muhammad with the, with the 31 nations, that Kaddish Baruch Hu sent down stones from Shemayim, that's what they waited for. And Alpnei Pras, Nupsu Chasideha, on the face of Euphrates, Euphrates River, the, the Chasidim, the, the pious ones, were scattered and destroyed through drinking the water and being forced to suffer. And they remembered how when he split the Yamsuf, he gave everybody fresh water from the sea. Those miracles were what they were expecting to happen again. It reminds me, I read, I read about the Klosenberger Rebbe after enduring years of the ghetto and then labor camps and then boxcars and then Auschwitz and then the death march. And he was finally liberated after tremendous, tremendous suffering, losing his whole family. And the American army liberated them and the one person who was there described how when the American soldiers you know, found them and they said, you're liberated, the Klosenberg Rebbe was devastated. He said, this is who's liberating us? Where are the Shifteka? Where is Mashiach Tzikenu? After going through all that, he expected that now, now finally Mashiach will come. And we say that as well. This is the, that pain is, is reflected in many of the kinnas as well. That can't we merit a renewal of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu due to all the suffering and pain of Galus? It's not a complaint. It's a tefillah and it's a bakasha. The second aspect of kinnis is that we're humbling ourselves before Hashem. 
We're, we're demonstrating anava. When Leilainu, anybody is an avelis over a parent or a family member, they're naturally sad. But Chazal give us all these halachas, how to do avelis, and they're not trying to encourage us to be sad. They're not trying to teach us how to be sad. That sadness doesn't usually need help. What they're teaching us partly is that when the moment of tragedy come, we've been, we're experiencing tremendous midas hadin. And when midas hadin prevails in our life, it's incumbent upon us to accept it and to act accordingly with humility. So we humble ourselves through Avelis. We diminish our own covet. We sit in low places. We don't take care of our clothes and our other physical needs. We try to we- weaken both our own gaiva and hoariness and also to weaken our physicality so that we can seek change and accept Hashem's judgment. And, and in that way, we'll accomplish the point of the Midas Adin, so that we can change. And in Hilchas Tishavav, it says again and again that every person should look to diminish his own personal covet on Tishavav, however possible, whether you take out a pillow at night or this or that. But that's the, that's the directive, to diminish our own covet, to, de- to, to, to demonstrate humility. And this concept is also known as being matzdik asadin, to say that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's din is, is just. And we're accepting it, and we're accepting the need to change and to improve and to learn. And doing that is the greatest chus possible. And that's the chus that we need for rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash. We take personal responsibility for the Beis HaMikdash. Chazal say, Kaldar if it wasn't built in our time, it's as if it was destroyed in our time. And we have to understand that means that we say the base of Mikdash was destroyed for Gilar Rayas, for Shrikas Damim, for Avedizara, for Sinas Chinam. And we don't necessarily relate all those things to what we do, what we're doing. But if Chazal say that we take responsibility for the destruction of the Beis Mikdash, that means that whatever it is Hashem expects of us, which means things that we know that we're supposed to do, the things that we know, we can understand what Hashem expects from us. We know every person knows what they're meant to be doing. And that means that those things that we're not doing that are destroying the Beis Mikdash today. And that's what it means that we're taking that personal responsibility, each one of us. <clears throat> so when we say kinnis and we recognize that we're being punished by not having Eretz Yisrael, not having Mashiach yet, not having the Beis Mikdash, and we know that it's our fault, so we're humbling ourselves before Hashem and accepting His judgment because it's justified. And therefore we seek ways to change and become better. So whenever we mention the suffering of Klai Yisrael during the Harbin, which we do so many times in the Kinnis, we're not uh, complaining, but we're acknowledging the Midas Adin. We are attempting to internalize what that meant and accepting the judgment. And we always accompany that remembrance with a tefillah, that it shouldn't be for nothing, and it should be a merit, and it should be a schus for the Gula and the ultimate justice that Hashem will visit upon the Umas Ailam. And we're not just asking for revenge, even though it seems like that in many of the kinnis. But what we're asking is for the return of Kveit Shemayim. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence returns openly, so then all the evil will be destroyed. That's a big part of what Kveit Shemayim is. Then it'll remove the tremendous Chil Hashem. In the first kinna as well, we say, Tashav lahem gumul ka'az chazais panacha. Repay them for their sins with their punishment and allow us to see your face. Through that, we'll see the Kveit Shemayim. Tikra l'shakram kois kamas b'fanecha, tavik ra'asam l'fanecha, summon the cup of punishments hidden before you, make them drunk upon it, and all their evil shall come before you. The last point, and perhaps the most important point, is that our mourning demonstrates our hope that the Beis HaMikdash will be rebuilt. And not only that, we believe that our mourning was actually accomplishing that. It's rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash through doing so, through mourning. 
Chazal say, "Kol misabel Yerushalayim zeicha v'roya b'simchasa." Anybody who is misabel on Yerushalayim, who mourns Yerushalayim, will see, will merit to see the simcha, the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. So, pashat pshat, it means that if you partake and you do the halachas and you sit and you say kinnis and you, you 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 try to understand what you're saying, then you will be zeicha to the to see the the binyan Yerushalayim. But Rechaim Belashna says that there's a remez here. It says it doesn't say zeicha v'yira. He not zeicha to see, but it says zeicha v'roya. And you see currently, present tense, you see right now the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. And he explains that when it comes to typical Avelis over a parent, Hashem had mercy upon us. And the Avelis diminishes, it starts off very, very strong. The first week is Shiva, it's very powerful, and then this Shleshim, it diminishes. And over the year, it gets less and less. And by the end of the year, there's a Gzerim of Hashem, there's a decree that we should forget. And that forgetting doesn't mean we forget the person. We don't forget the person, but the pain diminishes. The, the sharpness, the, the freshness goes away. By Yaakov Avinu, it says he didn't stop mourning Yosef HaTzadik for 22 years. Why? Because Yosef HaTzadik wasn't dead. So he didn't have that, that bracha from Hashem to forget. And therefore, for 22 years, it was as if the first moment that Yosef had just had passed away in his mind. But the Kharbin, Rav Chaim says, happened thousands of years ago, but we're still mourning as if it happened today. What happened? Why is it? Why don't we have that feeling of 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 uh, that the, the, the decree should, should, the pain should go away? And he explains because the op, it's the opposite. It's the same thing. The Beis Hamikdash is not dead. The Beis Hamikdash and the Shechina they're very much alive. And what does that mean when we say the Beis Hamikdash is alive? Alive. The the in Tanakh the story with David Melech. The David Melech had a child that got very sick as a punishment for something he did. And while the child was sick, he sat on the floor, he refused to eat, he was fasting, he was crying, his clothing was, clothing was torn, he refused to change his clothing, and he was going like that for seven days. Finally, the child died, and his servants were scared to tell him, because they thought, you know, if this is what he's doing when the child is sick, what is he going to do when the child dies? And he saw them murmuring amongst, amongst themselves, so he, he realized that the child died. As soon as he realized the child died, he gets up, he tells them, bring me something to eat, bring me a change of clothing. And they asked him, if this is what you're doing when the child was sick, why are you doing, ch- well, now you're, you're, you're going to eat, and now you're going to change your clothing, now you're going to get up. And he said, now he's dead. I am not, he's not coming back to me. I'm going towards him at this point. While he was still alive, I could still try to save him. And that's the concept of the Beis Amikdash is alive. So someone is dead, we're going, they're not coming back. We're going towards them. But when something, something is alive, they are coming back. And that's why we mourn the base of mixtures because we understand it's alive and it's coming towards us. It's not, we're not going, it's not going towards death. It's, come, it's alive and through our tefillahs and through our mourning and through our, 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 our being mishtatif and avails Yerushalayim, we are going closer to the base of mixtures and coming closer to the, to the geula. <coughs> And this point you see in every single kinna, that it ends with words of hope, with words of gu'ula, not just because we want to end on a good note, but because that's a very core point of what we're trying to accomplish with the kinnas. We're not giving up. Day after day, Kal Yisrael never gives up and always expects the gu'ula to happen. I saw that there was one of the bunkers in, during World War II, they made a little shul there, you know, in the hiding underground, hoping not to be discovered. And in this shul, they tried to make it as beautiful as possible, and they wrote a pasuk on each wall of the shul. So on the one shul, it said, May our eyes see you return to Yerushalayim. 
these are Jews, right, that had barely any life left. They could barely eat. They could barely had any food. Everything they had lost everything already. Another pasuk they wrote was Haitiva Hashem, you should, you should have rotsen. You should desire that Kal should have it good and in Yerushalayim again. The wall should be rebuilt. On the third wall, it says All focusing on Yerushalayim. On the last back wall, on the Marav wall. It said, Finally, they wrote a pasuk, you know, about their situation. Look from Shemayim and see, we're lag v'kalas v'gayim, we're, we're, we're uh, humiliated, we're a, mock, a laughingstock from the, the, the nations. And we're considered like sheep brought to the slaughter, to be killed, to be destroyed. But the, this part of the pasuk was written in very small letters. Then in big letters they wrote, And that's, that's what a Jew is, that no matter what happens, no matter how, what he goes through, we don't lose sight of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, we don't lose sight of our Amuna. And we continue to daven and we never give up to our hope and our desire to see the base of Mikdash rebuilt. And that's a, a point and an aspect that we see in every single kinah. So moving forward, I'm going to try in each kinah just as we just did for Kinevav, to find a Pasuk or two to, that demonstrates what the point and what the Kavana of that particular kina is and what it's trying to communicate so that we can focus on those lines, Al-Kalpanam, and understand the general idea of what the kina is trying to do so we can relate to it.